Hi, and welcome to Pink Chair. I am so excited to share with you today a guest that is so talented, and she's an artist, and she does the most amazing artwork I've seen in, like, forever. She does all the colors I love, like what I have on right now, okay? And we're going to be talking today about fear and self-hate, and she has a lot to say about this. My guest today is Madi Carlisle. Madi, so excited that you're here. Thank you for having and me. And I'm so honored that you came on today because I don't know you well. I've met you one time before and over the phone and texting, and the texting was just beautiful. <laughs> and I think the first time I saw you was, it was on social media because mm -hmm. Ryan Reese from Whosoever's, he texted me and he goes, yo, yo, my friend's <laughs> video dropped. And I was like, yo, who's your friend? He's like, dude. Austin from Mice and Men, of Mice and Men. And I was like, oh my gosh, he goes, he's a nine second. So mm -hmm. I went and watched the video and I was like, oh my gosh, this is powerful. Mm -hmm. and, and then I started following him on social media, on Instagram, mm -hmm. and then I saw your little face pop up. <laughs> and I was like, who's this pretty beautiful woman? <laughs> and, and then I, I saw your Instagram and I saw all these pictures and I was like, yeah. this girl is incredible. And yeah. so, I mean, that's how everything started. And I think I, I think I inbox both you and Austin because your husband has something in common with my sister that passed away. She had Marfan syndrome. Mm -hmm. And I was blown away. I was like, wow, so, so surreal. And then I, I inboxed you and I said, hey, you know, my sister passed away from Marfan's. And then I was. I think I might have told you about my husband's condition. I can't remember how it went down. This is, it feels like forever I did that ago. Yeah, I think that was the second time we spoke because you had found out. I think I had posted something and you were like, oh my goodness, you, you have a rare condition just like my husband. Right. And then that's when we kind of exchanged that information. I was like shocked. And I yeah. told my husband, he goes, are you serious? So I told him about Austin and I told him about you and he couldn't believe it. He goes... He goes, maybe God connected everybody together. So it was like so amazing. And I wanted to just talk to you today about you because you are in itself just a very fascinating character, uh, but also a woman of God because you've professed your faith. Mm -hmm. And I believe that that has changed your life just by watching you and mm -hmm. what you're going through right now. So could you tell us, Madi, about the journey, you know, to leading up to going to the hospital. What was your life like before that? My life at that time, um, I was in, uh, I had just, I found my brain tumor the summer of 2016, mm -hmm. about nine months after I gave birth to my first child. Um, and it was kind of a, a whirlwind of just, surprise and shock right. that I had a brain tumor. I, right. I, I found it by accident. I went to an ER because I was too dizzy to drive home after work. Um, and they were like, they took a CT and they, they said that I had a mass right in between my right eye and my brain. And wow. from there, from there, it was just appointments after appointments and um, led me to Stanford. And before, bef during that time, I um I was in a very uh, abusive relationship mm -hmm. and um it was 
it was um, just a heavy time in my life. Right. So when they told you, and you know, coming into the room, I, I just can't imagine what you were feeling because I remember when it happened to my husband and I went to the hospital to see him, I was just, I was devastated. You know, um, the months leading up to that, I, I remember I, I would always pray and talk to God and ask him. Um, I would always have this conversation with him like, Lord, I, I can't sing. I, I don't have any special talents. I, I, don't know, I, I don't know what I could offer you or, you know, offer anybody, but I want to do something for mm-hmm. you. I want mm-hmm. to, I, and I just kept asking him to show me. And then when the doctor came in and he was like, you know, really nonchalant, oh, you have a mass. I, I just started laughing because I was like, you can't be serious. Like, I was in complete shock. And then going to Stanford and seeing all these doctors, all these oncologists, all these top specialists, um, it got serious. And I, um, I quickly fell into that confusion. Right. You know, um, after being poked so many times and going through so many scans and just not understanding and not getting answers, I was really confused. Right. And then they give you suggestions. Oh, we could drill or we could do radiation yeah. and all this crazy stuff that that could potentially change your life forever. Mm-hmm. Not that it already has changed your life, but to another degree of forever of disability, of, <laughs> you know, yeah, and you can't yeah, walk I mean, anymore. It's like, what? Yeah. And being so, a woman, one of the things um, was it could um, damage your ovaries right. and your eggs and right. your reproductive and the chemo and so mm-hmm. yeah so um, so during that time I I did chemo for six months I did wow. six rounds of chemo um, during that time I feel like the Lord was just giving me this gut feeling of this isn't like He was pushing me out to look for something different mm-hmm. right and. Um, the chemo wasn't sitting right with me, and I, I was just sick all the time, and so. Did you lose your hair? No, because they they wanted to put me on a stronger chemo with a cocktail of other, mm-hmm. with other medications, right. and at that point, I just said no. I I want to take a break, mm-hmm. and let's just see um, how my tumor is, and I was I've I've been stable ever since. Wow, how yeah. long ago was that for? That was about two and a half years okay, ago, I want to say. about two and a half years yeah. ago. So every day that you wake up? I feel it. Uh, sometimes if I eat something very, you know, I, I changed my diet mm-hmm. vigorously. And if I eat, some, if I have a cheat meal, I, I definitely feel that inflammation and... Um, you can't have sugar. <laughs> no, no sugar, no it's processed like, food, no dairy. Yeah, right? it's all causes inflammation. It kind right. of just feeds that. Yeah, so were, that was really profound what you were saying, even about dairy on Friday when you were talking to me, because yeah. I was like, man, I do, I do know that dairy does that, but I don't think about that. Yeah. And my husband eats a lot of dairy, so mm, we're going to be right back because I want her to share with you the rest of her story and how. God has came into her life and changed her life. And then she met the love of her life. Stay tuned. Many of you might not know it, but I had an alias 
My name at one point used to be Fallon York. And in Las Vegas, I was a high-class call girl. I worked for escort services in the 80s and the 90s, and I worked for hotel concierges. You wouldn't believe that, right? But it's absolutely true. In fact, I wrote a book about it. Fallen out of the sex industry and into the arms of the Savior. Do you understand about the sex industry's ties to sex trafficking? The entire time I was a call girl in Las Vegas, I was being trafficked. Every dollar that I earned from the buyers went directly to my pimps. To learn more about this, just go to our website and order the book Fallen at hookersforjesus.net. You're going to get educated about sex trafficking and also what you can do to stop it. Hi, we're back with Pink Chair and my sweet and anointed, talented artist friend, Madi. And Madi, we were on our break. I just want to say what happened because mm-hmm. it's so powerful. We, we were worshiping to the song, He Loves Us. Mm-hmm. And I think that song has um, such deep meaning, and you requested that song Mm -hmm. because it has deep meaning for you. And one of the things in the songs that really, really touches me is when the words say, these afflictions eclipsed by glory. Because no matter what we go through, it's the most painful moments mm-hmm. and the most messy, ugly, you know, disgusting and scary and fearful moments that it's all balanced because the afflictions are balanced by his glory because he is going to get the glory for everything that we go through, no matter how hard it is, like the way you paint. Mm-hmm. And speaking of that, this painting in particular, what, tell us the story of this painting. Um, it was originally standing up, and I was I, I, I was listening to that song, and it, it that part it would pull something out of me because for so long I have lived under just fear right. and self hatred of thinking I'm not good enough, right. and that held me back for I want to say most of my life, and. I wanted to try to put that down on canvas and just how it feels to, you know, the timing that God does stuff and and works on us. It's like chipping away. Right, right. And I I tried to put that as best I could on on canvas and just and you're that how tree. beautiful. That's you, isn't it? Yeah, and and just with how, the white blossoms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just sucking away and peeling away and everything, just the beauty of his timing. Right. You know? So you you painted that, and I see, like, this beautiful, you know, cliff right there mm-hmm. with the tree and the roots. But then I see this tornado coming mm-hmm. at the tree, right? Mm-hmm. The forces of nature coming. Mm-hmm. But then God's divine lightning bolt in the middle of that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe maybe protecting you or blocking or letting mm-hmm. him know he's there in the midst of the storm. Mm-hmm. Like he's right there. Mm-hmm. Even though you're on the edge, maybe you feel like jumping over, that mm-hmm. he's like, stop. Mm-hmm. I'm right here. Is, is that what you were trying to paint or am I saying it right? That's exactly 
Exactly. I, I, you know, like when you're going through something and just like a child and child looking for its parent father, um, I always think of when I go through something, um, it's, you know, God is right there just whispering to us, just like, I'm here, trust mm -hmm. me, I'm here. And I always feel like when I get through something, it's like it's a child getting a better grip of their father's hand. Right. You know, it, um, that's exactly what Those I was Those petals really mean something. I look at them and I, I, I feel like, you know, the wind can take our petals and maybe people would think we're going to be stripped of everything, but in, in the end, we're still standing. Mm-hmm. And God will protect everything that we have and that everything that he's given to and us. And he's planning something new. Right, he is. Yeah. So tell me about that journey because I, I don't know exactly how you discovered mm -hmm. that God loved you. And um, it, my, I grew up in a broken home. My mother was a single mom. Mm -hmm. My dad went to prison when, he, when I was about four or, or four or five. Um, he was arrested for solicitation of murder. He was caught on camera hiring somebody to wow. um, murder my mom. And so oh my, my mother was left with six kids um, to raise on her own. She's a tattoo artist, which wow. art has always been in my life. I grew right. up in my mother's tattoo okay. shop. And so, um, so from then on, you know, our life had a, well, my life had a drastic change. Um, I that's where that kind of um, self-hate mm -hmm. and that pain, uh, there was so much confusion in my life at that right. moment. But my mom, there was moments where, I mean, she, we were struggling and she, sometimes we wouldn't have electricity, but my mom would always sit us down. And at that time it would scare me because um, she would sit us down on her bed and she would be crying and she would tell us about how God was gonna do this for us and how you know, we need to just trust him and, and he's just watch, you'll see, he's gonna provide, he's gonna provide. And at that time I was filled with so much anxiety and stress and you know. Um, A lot of us are, right? Yeah, and, but that was, a, that was when the little light bulb went off in my head. She was planting a seed. Mm -hmm. And so go, you know, later on as time passed, you know, I was, we were still going through stuff. I, um, each of us, my siblings, there's six of us, mm -hmm. we kind of navigated our own ways of how to survive. And, right. um, and, um, we all went off and did our own things. And I was, a, um, I harbored a lot of anger and, and hate and, um, you know, as a child, you don't know how to handle Express those emotions mm -hmm. and nobody was there to kind of nurture that or to help me. Um, and so I, I was, I remember being in grade school and thinking, I don't want to live anymore. I remember mm -hmm. talking to God and, you know, this God that my mom would talk mm -hmm. to and I would say, please just take my life. Wow. Like, please just today, Lord, please take my life. Wow. I don't want to go through it anymore. I didn't understand. And so that led me into, um, that led me into just living a very self-destructive life. Mm -hmm. um, during, the, um, during the time that my mom and my dad um, separated and he went to prison, um, my cousin started touching me. And so that, um, 
that created even more confusion yes, and, and thinking shame. that and shame. Anger, shame, shame, shame is what really um, is what really just set me off right. the edge. I I thought, okay, um, my one of our my elders had caught him um, doing that to me and. And I remember sitting at her table and finally getting to say what had happened. Mm-hmm. And she told me, um, he just likes you. And so at that moment, my little mind was completely confused. Wow. And that I spiraled into a, um, into a, just a lifestyle of thinking that that's okay. Right. And just that happening time and time again. Hold that thought. We're going to be right back. My name is Annie Lobert, and I wanted to share part of the ministry of Hookers for Jesus, our nonprofit, is the Destiny House. Destiny House was created for the need that was arising in the Las Vegas Valley. I would go into the casinos and reach out to the women that were being trafficked by their pimps and tell them simply, God loves you no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been. He loves you right where you're at. And many times there was no place for them to go. I would take them out of their bad situation and bring them to the shelter. But God in my heart touched me and said, you need to create your own program called the Destiny House. And so that's what we do. We're in always need of donations, very often low on food on our electricity being paid, you can go simply to hookersforjesus.net, click donate, and join the fight against sex trafficking. Every dollar you give will go to our programs and helping the girls. Thank you. Welcome back to Pink Chair. I'm here with my sweet, anointed friend, Maddie. And Maddie, it's such an honor to have you here again. I'm just like blown away by your story and just the sensitivity that you share and you're you're just so humble and you're a beautiful person. I just want you to know that. So we were talking earlier about your cousin and this is probably very hard to talk about. Mm -hmm. Maybe someone you trusted, maybe someone you played with growing up, maybe someone Mm -hmm. you, that's my cousin. Mm -hmm. You said touched you and the real word for that is if it was any sexual connotation to it, is molestation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so you said after that happened, you were, what were you feeling and what were you, you were hating yourself? I was confused and that turned into a lot of anger mm-hmm. and a lot of shame, which in return turned into me having a hard time to look at myself in the mirror. Right. I, I was completely in bondage completely in chains of, of that fear mm-hmm. and that pain. Mm-hmm. Um, something so innocent as playing a game, and uh, then that happening, and uh, then constantly trying to hide, and the anxiety of being trapped. Right. And, and you were trying to hide from him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he was basically, without saying it, pursuing you and maybe looking at you and... Yes. Wow. Yes. And how old were you? I don't know. I know. I don't know the exact age. I know I was about, um, the doorknob was up to here. Wow. 
and I was you, small enough to fit in a laundry basket. Like five or four? I was small. Wow. So you, you grew up angry and, you know, the self-hate came in. And, you know, with, with sexual molestation and any type of abuse, or, you know, our identity gets completely attacked by the enemy. Mm -hmm. And we start to believe that we are the problem. That it's if so, it wasn't for the way I looked or talked uh -huh. or sat, then they wouldn't have done this to me. It's my fault. Yes. And it, the anxiety of, of feeling like you did something wrong, oh, I shouldn't have been standing like that or you know it it that anxiety i cared with i carried with me my whole life mm -hmm. um going being in the store and and feeling like somebody's going to walk by me and grab me or you know and it's so easy to listen to those thoughts those voices the enemy comes in our head and and whispers those little things to us and at a young age when you're not taught how to, you know, identify that or... Or cast or, them out or yeah. rebuke them. Yeah, you listen to those things, and I was listening for most of my life. What comes to mind is word curses. Mm -hmm. So even though you're mm -hmm. not saying it, the voices are. Mm -hmm. And it, they could be demons, they could be self-thoughts from our brain trying to figure things out, but all in all respect, they are demonic. They're mm -hmm. not of God, because God's voice would never say you know, you're not worthy. You're ugly. Yeah. Look at yourself. And I understand that very well because I was uh, molested when I was eight and nine years old by a neighbor. Mm -hmm. And I, I had those same, th it's the weirdest thing, the same thoughts of, and then I started dressing promiscuous. And yeah. Uh, and, and you thinking that that's okay. That's what, that's what men do. And that's what, you know, I, I, I spiraled into thinking that, you know, that's all I'm for and that I have no voice because at that time I had no voice. And going into middle school and high school and people, you know, men approaching me and throwing themselves on me, I would freeze, physically freeze and just end up in that situation again. I didn't know I could say no. Wow. I didn't know that I had a voice. Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, every time something happening like that, just running and hiding and just, I would, it it was just adding to that. Right. It was hatred. adding to your fear. I yeah. I, I remember one time in high school, I was so, I couldn't stand looking myself in the mirror. I remember everybody probably thought it was a fashion statement, but I went to school with a very short haircut. Mm -hmm. I, I completely cut all of my hair off, like Halle Berry style. I, I was looking in the mirror one day trying to do my hair and I couldn't get it. And I was so sick of it. I got scissors and I cut all of my hair off. Wow. And that's, you know, it was just showing. It was just all written all over me, but nobody knew. The that's pain got so mm -hmm. um, intense. Right before I gave my life to the Lord, I was, I was, I was cutting. Mm -hmm. I, it got to the point where I couldn't numb the pain with right. drugs. I couldn't numb the pain with sex. I mm -hmm. couldn't numb the pain with anything. And I just wanted it to stop. And I was going into these anxiety attacks with, um, you know, hyperventilating and, and cutting myself. Right. And I would wake up and I would, blood would be everywhere. Wow. And I remember thinking, I can't let my mom find me like this. And, and that's when my mom had taken me, had taken me to speak to her pastor's wife. And, um, 
I remember sitting there in her chair and her telling me her experiences and um, her experiences with her father and you know I had never had a father and she told me she told me you don't have an earthly father but you have a heavenly father and he loves you he'll never forsake you he'll never leave you and I remember just thinking oh my goodness he never left me he was there the whole time right right you know think looking back and thinking of everything that I had went through, mm -hmm. it was clear to see the Lord's hand. Wow. It was like he parted the waters. Right. I had, at, during my teenage years, I, I had this chip on my shoulder thinking yeah. I was so strong and I could right. handle all this and I got through this. Mm -hmm. But man, it was, it was clear to see how he parted the waters for right. me. Right. He brought me, he, he tugged me along. Right. And kept me going. And he made sure they didn't crash on you. Yeah. Because if you never sat in that chair, I, I really wonder where you would be right now. Thank God for your mom. I mean, beautiful woman of God, obviously. You know, she, she you know, no moms are perfect, but she mm. guided you to the no. truth. And yeah. that you have a heavenly father. Mm. And when we don't have that father as a child, either he's there and he's abusive like mine was, or he's absent, mm -hmm. or and you know that he doesn't love your mom. It's like mm -hmm. he wants to kill her. It's mm -hmm. so, it affects our childhood so much. It you don't have the you know the man in the house sets mm -hmm. the the standard. Right. He teaches you how to be loved. He teaches you what's wrong, what's right, what to expect from a man. You mm -hmm. know, and I didn't have any of that. No, but there was like, no I had, boundaries. I, yeah, I had no boundaries. Um, I had sometimes prison calls and, um, you know, it was, I, when my dad got out of prison, I, I had a brief relationship with him and it wasn't a healthy relationship. And so I, it was, I had so much confusion in me Totally. and I, the I, enemy was just doing a number on me. Right. I want to hear more about that, by the way, because I think that even just trying to reconcile that relationship that was so broken from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. At, and, and then as you're seeking God, because now you have this heavenly father that's guiding you, mm -hmm. but yet you're still trying to reconcile what does my earthly father, what mm -hmm. role does he play? Now mm -hmm. that I know who my heavenly father is, mm -hmm. I have a really like kind of a deep question. Did mm -hmm. you start looking at your father like he's got a heavenly father too and he just doesn't know? Mm -hmm. He doesn't know. Mm -hmm. And he's so broken. Mm -hmm. And he's hurting so bad mm -hmm. that he's got so much hate in him. And if I could just get to him and tell him about my daddy. Yeah. It's the same daddy. Yeah. And he wants to give me the love <laughs> he just gave me. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Uh, we're going to end right now because... We have so much more to talk about. We didn't even get to the really good part. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope everyone's on the edge of their seats. So listen, everyone, we're going to do one more show because Maddie has so much to say and so much to share. And we want to unwrap the very next level. So we'll see you next week on The Pink Chair with Maddie. Mm -hmm.